0: Across the UK, overnights with Martin Kellner. There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music softly play and the rhythms gently sway in Underneath the stars in a million bars, guitars are softly saying! Yes, it's off to uh, Campeche in Mexico to uh, link up with our good friend, uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, I know you suggested we play uh, a different piece of music uh, in honour of the, uh, the great man uh, Pelli, who we've lost at the age of uh, 82, um, but we did play... Eventually, um, Mash Kanada for you because that was him on the advert, and we have actually to uh, round off this piece when we finish um, a piece with Pele actually singing because he did uh, he made more than uh, one or two records, did he not?
1: Look, it's, I think it's one of the amazing things about Pele is not only did he make one or two records, he was also uh, the sports minister for Brazil. And he was also an actor. He appeared in in a number of different films, including the massively underrated these days, uh, Escape to Victory, um, after which he became good friends with both Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Pele actually started off his own clothes uh, clothing line, uh, which Michael Caine, uh, maybe not so famously, used to purchase suits from him. Uh, little known anecdotes about the great, broad, amazing life of Pele.
0: He did have a, a remarkable life, and I was mentioning earlier on. I mean, he was one of these guys, <laughs> one of the tra- whoa, what's that? Um is, is that me? Am I still on?
1: Yeah, you're still on. What, what happened there? <laughs> I think it was John's end, actually. He ah, it John. <laughs> it's yeah.
0: You're still there, John? Are you I'm here, I'm here. Good, good. Yeah, I was going to say, he's one of those guys that made all sorts of public appearances right through the sixties, the seventies, and, you know, and into his uh, latter years, uh, you know, until he fell, uh, until he fell ill. Um, He was all over the place uh, as uh, an ambassador for this, that, and the other. And uh, he was such a decent guy. He never really refused uh, an invitation. You know, I'm sure there must have been lots of things he was asked to do, which he couldn't do because there wasn't time to do them, etc. But he was very generous uh, giving of his time.
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean, he definitely had I wouldn't say that the commercial opportunities or the ambassadorial opportunities sort of overtook uh the, the 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 footballer in if you like but they they were definitely sort of hyper present in a low key way if um and maybe this isn't the right time to bring up the if there is a criticism of the Pe- pelé the the great it is that uh, from within brazil that he could have done more that the people there especially in the context of him being a groundbreaking uh, black man. I mean, also worth remembering that slavery mm. in Brazil was only abolished 50 years before he was born. And actually, his, his name as well, Edson, Arancho uh, Nascimento, is called Edson because of Thomas Edison, because his house, his family home only got electricity just before he was born. So, so, it, uh, being, emerging into that social context, uh, you know, that, that people did, uh, his peers, if you like, his community, did always say, did always hope for a little bit more from him in a, in a domestic, yeah. uh, social context. But certainly globally, well, I mean, yeah, for sure within the country in Latin America, but globally as well, he has been, um, such a, such a presence, uh, humble, but, you know, very present figure across so many different industries. Uh, since yeah. what? Well, I mean, since he started winning the World Cups, I mean, in many ways that, you know, when he was launched into the, into global stardom, being perhaps the first global sporting icon when he won, when he won the, the three World Cups from there on, he's been ever present in a global sporting, uh, and social historical context.
0: Yeah, I think um, probably the, the point you make is, is a good one. And uh, Brazil was uh, the last place to uh, abolish slavery. And as you say, he get a bit of criticism for not being more of an activist uh, and because he wasn't an activist in the sense that Muhammad Ali was. And I think probably because in a way their careers crossed over in the 1960s, people probably wanted him, you know, for a time in, in Brazil and amongst uh, you know, black people who'd only just been emancipated, really, you know, 50 years, it's not a long time in the great sweep of history. They wanted him maybe to behave a little more like Muhammad Ali. Yeah,
1: they definitely, uh, certainly... Um, some people definitely wanted him to step forward more than he did. But it's also worth remembering that, again, up until 1985, Brazil was in the throes of a military dictatorship. So um, for him to have been uh, actively an active proponent or an active, you know, a, a loud voice in these things also would have cast him out and, 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 and made his presence highly problematic in Brazil. And certainly that's never been Pele's way. I mean, obviously, that's come right through in all these obituaries and and all the commentaries is Pele's way has always been in the doing and in the representation and in the the, the being of a a quiet pursuer of goals. It's never been shouty. It's never been declamatory or histrionic. That is not uh, the man and never has been the man. And so... You know, in some ways, I think that those criticisms, although uh, completely understandable, are, are missing the point a little bit because it's not as though Pele didn't know that these things were taking place. He just chose his own path. And that is the, the, the particular plow that he chose to furrow.
0: Yeah. And I know you've been uh, been reading uh, O Globo or O Globo, which is the Brazilian newspaper, one of the most important newspapers in Brazil. Uh, they've been running separate editions, have they not?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the global coverage—I mean, the Brazilian coverage for sure—but the global coverage of of, uh, of Pele's passing is is actually really uh, unique, and actually can be compared to the recent passing of the Queen in many ways, in in the, in the broad scope and reach, but also the preparedness. How, as soon as it happened, you had obituaries, pre-prepared obituaries, arriving from every country in the world. So, uh, people, the the, the global. Uh, media knew, recognized his importance and had prepared for his passing. But the, as you say, the most important, uh, newspaper in Brazil, O Globo, uh, this morning, uh, but, well, yesterday morning for the UK, put together a four cover edition with four different, uh, uh, emblematic photos of Pelé at different points in his career underscored by the very simple headline and headlines. Just to paint a picture for listeners, headlines normally take over a big part of the, uh, of the front page. But in this context, the headline was very small and left quietly alone to, to the side of one of the photographs, which in each of the four cases just said Pelé forever.
0: Yeah. Absolutely and there are no everybody's sort of um, digging up their favorite uh, Pele anecdote. Am I right in saying that his mother is still alive?
1: yeah I, I, she is uh, and a very broad family that are all still very much uh, you know involved and uh, and pursuing of the of the of the Pele. Uh, industry, but yeah, one of the most important, I guess what one of the most emblematic anecdotes of the family relates to, I guess one of the founding myths of Pele relates to him at the age of nine hearing his father weep at the loss, the 1950 World Cup loss, uh, that Brazil had at the hands of Uruguay and going up to his dad and saying that he would win the World Cup for him. This is 1950, 1958. Again, nine year old Pele and then 8 years on he's 17 and he wins the world cup uh, i mean yeah you know, absolutely remarkable and then of course you know we know the stats we've heard the stats so often over the course of the last uh, couple of days but it is just worth breaking down the level of stats not just because he did score a goal a game Basically a goal a game across every aspect of his career, whether it was international appearances or domestic appearances for Santos that he played almost all of his career with. But he did that for 21 years. Like normally you have, you know, some strikers may do that for a few years at the height of their, uh, the height of their powers. But for him to do that for a solid, for, for a generation is how Long Pele was scoring a goal a game. Yeah.
0: Absolutely uh, unbelievable career, but not just uh, uh, an unbelievable career an unbelievable life as well. I've been watching uh, a documentary, which um, I may talk about uh, next week, John, uh, about this Brazilian footballer who signed for 12 different clubs. They called him uh, Kaiser, not in the sense that um, that Franz Beckenbauer was a dare Kaiser. This was simply Kaiser. And... Um, he he kept signing for clubs, not playing any football. It's an amazing documentary, uh, and the point I'm making is he sort of got away with it because he he behaved like a footballer. He had um, you know he, he played for several teams in Brazil. Uh, and um had a very active social life, and we know about uh, Maradona and I'm just wondering if uh, if Pele was you know did live the high life at all because footballers um, you know they're so revered in Brazil did, you know did yeah. he go out with models and TV presenters in the way that Maradona did in Argentina?
1: so I think this is a really interesting point again, not very much covered. Uh, and, and I think it's interesting for two reasons. The first is that um, again, if you look at his club career with Santos, he refused. He turned down so many other offers in Europe and elsewhere to stay with Santos for almost his entire career. And it was only after he retired that he went off to the New York Cosmos for a couple of years, almost as as an extra. So mm-hmm. he has he always had this sort of um, uh, fidelity, I suppose, to to who he was and who he wanted to play for and who he wanted to. Uh, to be, which, as you completely correctly say, is so unusual when we think, you know, when compared to what we mm. consider to be a contemporary footballer. Now, here's the second really key point. Did Do we know of perhaps him uh, straying and making the most of uh, some of those opportunities? Yeah, we do. But what's really interesting about it is that there is no Brazilian or global appetite to talk about this, which is almost more like with Maradona, it, it's, it's everything that comes up is salacious and is yeah. you know multiplies itself and, and breeds on itself. But exactly the same press based, social media base um, that that follows or that that lives alongside Pele just does not want to, uh, has chosen not to be brash and demean the man in any way. Um, and I think that speaks a lot of who he is and, and how we all hold him, the regard that we all hold him in. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, we're going to finish with uh, with Pele, the uh, singer. It wasn't a great singer, it has to be said, but did make um, did make quite a few records. Uh, the one that I found is called uh, Esperanza, or uh, Esperanza, I don't know, which I think, mean, does it mean hope? Um, yep, hope. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, well we'll play it uh, to play you out uh, John uh, meanwhile uh, thanks ever so much we'll talk again next week if that's okay
1: Happy New Year one and all
0: and to you too brilliant uh, John Bonfilio there joining us uh, from Campeche in Mexico here's the man himself horizonte zug- <music>